Before we start this episode, we would like to acknowledge and say thank you and say goodbye to our friend Max Moya, uh, the guitar player from the band Eaton Alive, um, Heidnik Frontline, a very, very well-known face in Philadelphia, a very beloved guy in Pennsylvania hardcore. Um, you, you left a huge footprint, Max. You are very loved and you will be missed. Um, you sent some some ripples out across this ocean that are going to be moving for a long, long, long time. So we love you, brother, and we will see you on the other side. Peace. This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon, Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. I'll break your fucking right, boys, head We're rolling. Rolling. Back from the dead. Last night, Gennady Golumpkin in a tie bout with Canelo. You got to do it in your 1920s voice. Last yeah. night. You didn't get nobody got to see it, so I can't even talk to anybody about it, huh? Yeah. No, I didn't get a chance to do it. I was literally helping an old lady. You're a good guy. Me, I saw it. I watched it with Ray and Tobin, and we all were in agreement. Gennady won the fight. It was a good fight. They were, they were going at it. Canelo was visibly much more tired after a few rounds. If Canelo won some rounds, he won either the first or second round. And maybe towards the end, one, one or two, because he, he became very desperate. He knew, like, I got to win at points. No, neither man got hurt bad. Just a couple big shots, but they both t- ate each other's shots. But Gennady was just walking him down nonstop. He had no issues. Relentless with, pressure. Unbelievable. And when the bell would ring, he would run back to his corner. Yeah, he, yeah unbelievable. He's, like, naturally, that's his natural size that he fought at. Right, yeah, Canelo know. had to come up to that. Did he? So I, I feel like my my instinct was that Gennady Golovkin would win the fight, but I didn't think it would be a knockout. They both had tremendous power. They both are yeah. tremendous. They both were kind of uh, you know, playing it safe a little bit because they knew either guy could tag him and it's over if you don't see the shot coming in. They both hit so fucking yeah. hard, man. But I thought I've really felt like Triple G got ripped off because Triple G was undefeated. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a draw on his record. Yeah. You don't want that, especially when it was you clearly won the fight, man. One person had the fight like so far off, it was insane. And they announced that person first. Yeah. So and so has a, you know, for Canelo. And you're like, what? Like eight rounds. And then the next person had a few rounds more for Triple G. And then the last person had a tied. And I'm like, they, they I wanted. I hate that, man. They, wow, really? Was that one sided, huh? They like it was forced, obvious? Like, they forced. A rematch, basically. Uh, I hate when it when that happens because it's like the whole they fought the whole thing for nothing. Both guys. They both looked in they their faces did. like they just fought a fight for nothing. Yeah. Like they were both like, holy fuck. You know, like it was sucked. Well, that's a and on top, the dude, you know, he, now he has no chance of being an undefeated boxer. Yeah. So he has that on his record. Oh, man. Yeah. I saw Teddy Atlas bugging out. He went crazy. He was bugging out. He was right. 
I love it, man, when somebody speaks their mind yeah. like that because uh, what's more corrupt than boxing in the sports world? But you world? know what? It, like, let's be honest, though. In all in life, we see police beating up a guy, and one person sees a guy that deserves it. One person sees a guy that's getting abused by the cops for no reason. Right. You know, So it could be the same thing with a, a judge in a boxing match because neither dude was hurt. So you could say, okay, uh, maybe Canelo landed more heavy shots. That's possible. He definitely was not the aggressor. The aggressor was Gennady the whole time. But if you just remember those key heavy shots, maybe in your head, you know, it's definitely not like we can't say for certain it's fixed, it's corrupt, it's this or that. Because people are so like now more than ever, you just see like people are so far off from each other. Yo, Mike, the 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 old lady that I was helping last night is a you know a relative of mine. She is a Trump supporter. Like to yeah, the like, death. Yeah. But if you hear her life story and her the things she's been through and the things other things that she believes in in life, you would be like, What? Like how, how can you is this possible? Or support a guy that can never relate to you at all. Yeah, how is it possible? And and in other circumstances, similar situations, ty- similar types of people. She she's reading a book right now. That is about people who are unjustly put in prison, mm-hmm. okay? And most of the people in the book are black, okay? Yeah. And they were put in prison unjustly, served 20-plus years. Oh. Then they, there's some, you know, um, DNA test that was developed that proved their innocence, and yeah. they were released from prison. So she read this book about all these poor... This is not like a book that a Trump supporter what you would picture yeah, reading and, be, right? and sympathizing with no. these people, but she's like outraged, and she's you know bugging out it's like that's that's the side of her that i'm more familiar with yeah. than the side that would support trump and it's just it's people see things differently totally. and i it doesn't now maybe i'm ever. maybe i'm not i'm missing something maybe i'm yeah. missing something i don't that's know. why i'm not quick to say it's fixed or it's corrupt because earlier in my life before i saw how different people think the same person from the same like similar background, similar person, similar culture, and they have totally different perceptions of things, the same thing. So now I'm not as quick to say that's corrupt, the fight is fixed, because honestly, people do see things totally different. But from what I saw, Gennady clearly won. And you were talking about people getting locked up for no reason. You know, I feel bad, I gotta confess. Many years ago, when I was in high school, I had it in for this one guy. His name was Scott Myers. Did I ever tell you this story? Yeah. (laughs) This is bad because this, you know. Anyway, we had this teacher called Mr. Paulus, a German science teacher from Germany. And he used to wear the white robe. He had a white beard. You know, he's like a heavy guy, real big. And uh, he loved these globes in his classroom. (laughs) He had like three or four really nice globes and he loved them. Anyway, the Scott Myers dude and me, we were beefing a little bit. And he kept on throwing stuff at me when the teacher wasn't looking. And I retaliated in a way like I got so mad that I, I didn't even try to hide my thing. I turned around, whipped something at him. And then Mr. Paulus was like, come here, Weisenheimer. I was like, yo, he threw something at me. Oh, my God. Get to the front of the class, Mr. Makosa. Face the board. 
facing the board. I'd look back at once in a while. Your boy Scott Myers is laughing at me. I said, you motherfucker. I was thinking, well, I'm going to kill this dude. So, end of the thing. I'm eyeballing him up. Mr. Pulse is making me stay there. Get Let him and the whole class get away first. Then I go back, get my books, and I leave. Anyway, next day, I make a little extra effort to get to the classroom early. I check out Mr. Paulus's globes. He wouldn't give me the time of day. He wouldn't let me explain myself, so I got it in for him, too. <laughs> I take a pen. I put holes in the globe. Bang, bang, bang. Just stab the globe like a pumpkin. Oh, going right through. God. Then I wrote, Scott Myers was here on, the, on his, oh, <laughs> his prized globes. I threw the pen down. Boom. Like the dude walking out after he killed the cop and the mafia dude and, and Godfather. Just dropped the gun and walked out. I just dropped the pen walked out. Now I'm coming in with the herd. Mm-hmm. Coming in with the herd, yo. Unbelievable. Just like, yo, man. Hey, yeah, yesterday I was a bad kid, but today yeah, I'm no, a good no, kid. I, don't, I didn't get that answer either. On yeah. That. So I'm coming in with all the class, and I'm just Unreal. chilling. And I'm waiting for some knucklehead to finally see this. And I'm like waiting. I'm, you know, I didn't want to make it obvious. Like, yo, look at that. You know, let someone else find the trap. All of a sudden, this dude's like, no way. You're like, hey, uh, anybody no know where Madagascar way. is? Can someone explain to me where Madagascar is? No, I kept my mouth shut. Very, very <laughs> slick. Dude was yelling, no way, no way. Everybody's looking at the dude, and he picks. And Mr. Paul's like, what is the problem? And I forget the kid's name. And the kid held up the globe. Oh, shit. And Mr. Paul walked back Whoa. and looked at the globe. And he <laughs> yelled. <laughs> I wanted to be like, suckers, I got both your butt. But I was like, oh, my God. Everybody, the kid's ah. <laughs> And Scott Myers was even like, whoa, somebody fucked the globes up. He didn't see his name on there printed. <laughs> so anyway, he rips dude out of his seat, drags him outside. He's yelling. He's screaming, this and that. And I was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, what, what the hell? What's happening, man? And the dude's like, oh, Scott Myers did this. I'm like, well, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that's true? How Unbelievable. Now nah, Scott's crazy, but he wouldn't do something like that. Yo, Scott was done. He got he got the in school suspensions for like two weeks. Holy shit. He man. got thrown out of that Jeez, class. Man. That's what happens when you screw with me. If only they had DNA testing and it could have put taken prints off of that pen. Or a camera. A camera. <laughs> or a camera, yeah. Imagine catching me on camera before the class, jabbing that Writing thing, Scott clenching my teeth. Hard. But, you know, oh, I felt Very nowadays as an adult, nah, fuck him. I don't feel You bad. should look up Scott Myers and just tell him, you know. Scott Myers tell him was to listen to crazy. Post America podcast. Like he was mentally ill. Like now I recognize mentally ill people. Remember like the 9-11 episode when I said I hit the guy with a shovel? Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize mentally ill people for a long time in my life. Either you were a piece of shit or you were all right. That dude, now looking back, he was mentally ill. I probably wouldn't hit him with a shovel nowadays. Scott Myers... Looking back, he's mentally ill. Like I don't even know why he was in a class with regular people. Yeah, not that sounds fucked up, but he should have been. They should have gave him a little more attention, little extra care. Yeah, totally, yeah. dude was bananas. Oh man, that's, that's crazy, guy. man. I had uh, what grade was that? Eighth, ninth. I yeah, know. I had problems with science in those. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. pay attention at all. I had. A, I was in a science class, Mrs. Dixon. Actually, no, it was Ms. Dixon. She yeah. made us say Ms. What's if Ms. You, mean again? I don't even know, but she was, she would, if you said Mrs. or Miss, she would get offended. Mrs. means you're married. Mrs. is married. Miss is your 
not you're like a young like a young unmarried woman and Mrs. Ms. I have no idea what huh. it is like M yeah. what is that MZ I don't know it's like short for like Mademoiselle or something I don't know well oh, it's no ridiculous idea. whatever it is I heard of it but I don't know what it means so Ms. Dixon was uh like she couldn't put up with any shenanigans whatsoever and I was like you know I'm like <laughs> shenanigans ADD whatever I was Tourette's you were, t- yeah, you were hyper. I used to bug the fuck out all the time. And if you told me to sit still, that's it. Like, it's over. Like, I can't, I cannot, uh. I can't think of anything worse than if you told me to sit still, I would, st- I would have tremors. I would have seizures. Wow. And you were so, mentally ill. I was mentally ill for sure. And uh, so I started out the class, the be- first day of the year, I was in the back of the class with, couple of my friends and we were like making jokes and laughing all the all class long and, i used to uh, love that shit. it got so out of control that she moved me to the front of the class she said i'm gonna separate all you guys and i ended up in the front of the class then i was doing the same thing up there with like a new group like new i made new friends and had a new and in the front <laughs> that's risky business in the front. yeah like right next door and then she turned my desk around so i was facing the class oh now you're entertaining but now everybody. i'm like i have an audience so yeah. i was going even crazier yeah then she put me on the floor she made me sit on the floor behind her desk and she would like hand me papers oh, now you like, can't so, see nothing so i can't see anything yeah. but i would like draw you know, a picture of a dick or something, and like hold it up in the air. And like, yes, you hit, oh wait, wait for the God. laughs. You know, don't laugh at that, Anthony. And then, uh, then she put me. This is probably like two months down. You know, after school started, yeah. I she put me in her closet. Yeah, with all the what? science. I know the feeling. The science shit. She put me. She made me take class in the closet. <laughs> and so now I have no audience, and I'm in this closet, and the door would open every now and then, and she'd hand me a thing, say, "You know, do this packet or whatever." So shut the door and I'm stuck in his closet. And so I start, <laughs> I remember looking through the shelves of in the science closet because it's all just science experiments. And you're there and, all day. You're going to go in yeah, every nook and cranny of this place. 45 minutes in this closet. Yeah. So I accidentally dropped a jar that had a baby pig oh my floating in some juice. <laughs> and I dropped a jar with a dead baby pig in it and it smelled so <laughs> terrible it smelled like a dead baby pig in a jar of juice and uh and she came in freaking out going crazy what the fuck wow. and put me in the hall so the whole rest of the year i i sat in the hallway and uh oh yeah i had you know i had three classes in between seventh and eighth grade that i had to sit in the hallway yeah the whole Jesus. class i know that they had the closet deal i told you that story right what's that with the pigs Yes, yours is a little more gross than mine. <laughs> I feel bad. These guys probably heard these stories many times. But for the listeners at home, similar to Joe's situation, I'm thrown out of a class and I'm put into a closet. <laughs> how could we be both I, in closet? I don't even know how that even Book bag, possible. a chair. Here's your pen. Shut your mouth. Slam the door. I run at the door. Bang it quick. Sit down. They open it. Don't bang the door. I didn't bang it. Shut the door again. <laughs> So anyway, now I'm in there for a while rummaging. I'm looking around. It's almost like that Breakfast Club scenario when they put the dude in the closet, right? Then they put him in the closet in that movie. Then he started climbing through the rafters and stuff. Yeah. They, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they came down in the, yeah. in the drop ceiling. Yeah. So I'm in this science closet. I'm like, what the? This is bullshit, man. I'm like playing drums. 
you know, whistling, you know, walking back and forth. Totally crazy. An insane person. Stuck in a closet. Got you in the hole. I see a barrel. I'm like, what the fuck is this barrel? First, I'm sitting on it, standing on it, pushing up ceiling tiles. <laughs> so I open the barrel, and it's filled with pigs. Dead pigs that they do. Oh, for the biology class. What do you do? What do you call that again? Dissection. A dissect. Yeah, when you dissect frogs or pigs, this was filled with mini pigs. Like a pig you could hold in your hand, but bigger. You know, like a baby pig. Like a football-sized pig. Yeah. So I'm like, boom. As soon as I saw the pig, I had an idea. I used to rob all the lockers. There was a way you hold this locker up and out, and you kick it real hard, real low, and the locker pops right open. And I used to play football. I was on the football team. And days of the football games, your schools might have did this, cheerleaders would have access to football players' lockers, and they would fill it with candy. So I was on a football team. I did good. You know, I was a... I was a, a, a hitter. You know, I had a lot of sacks. I was a wild dude. But I didn't really, I wasn't cool with, like, football dudes. So this hot-ass cheerleader was responsible for filling my locker with candy. And my locker was always skimpy. Three or four Jolly Ranchers, like nothing. Uh, and other dudes <laughs> were me packed a bone. and throw decorated. Throw me a bone over here. Yeah, decorated everything. But... <clears throat> And I didn't like this broad. I said something to her. Yo, I never got no candy. That's not my problem. I'm like, you're the ones filling them up. What do you mean? She said, I do yours, this one, and this one. How much? I was like, oh, all right. Okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So when I saw this pig, I had the pig. I picked it right out of the water. I didn't even think twice. Put my hand in there, picked it up. I grabbed a pencil and piece of paper. I went to her locker. <laughs> I kicked her locker open, textbook like I do everybody's locker. Bang, cool, snap, open. Looking around left and right, I put the pig on the top shelf. I write die pig on the paper, and I stick the pencil right through the paper into the pig. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. How, did, I, how did you get out of the science closet? I wasn't locked in. No, oh, it, but it was in a different spot. It, it was in the hallway. Oh, it wasn't in the Totally in the hallway, yeah. So I boom, book back to the thing, close up the thing, cleaning some water on the ground, smelling my hand. Ooh, what the fuck? You know, teacher comes back. I hear all the kids leaving. I'm acting like I'm writing something in my book. She opens the door. I don't even pay attention. Oh, you're back? Oh, okay. Richard, this really has to end. Okay, what? Sorry, you know. Bounce. Later on, <laughs> this girl went crazy when she opened her locker. And. It was like the biggest news of the whole fucking school that like what happened to her. Like they were acting like, you know, she she would have to see a counselor or something. She probably would, though. (laughs) In reality, she probably would. Yo, I wish there was a video of it. You know what I mean? I wish there was a because I knew it was coming, but I didn't get to enjoy it. Like witness like her opening the thing. Oh, man, you're evil. Pure evil. (laughs) That is fucking That crazy. is pure evil. Like <laughs> oh that my is God. that's disturbing. Die pig. Yo, but how crazy you're stuck as a kid. Was your uh closet in the hallway? No, mine was actually in her room, but oh, it, it, so you couldn't even leave. There was another door out the back of it that went into another science room. All right. So there was two science rooms with, you know, those big yeah. uh, laboratory tables, yeah. whatever. And um they both shared a, a supply closet. Yeah, this was like you know, a hallway joint and i didn't mind being in there once i you know there's so much fun things to mess around with in there 
But yeah, that was. I just thought of that story because the pig you mentioned, the seeing the pig. Yo, there's like a moth flying right. I know because <laughs> when Evan leaves, when Evan loads up, he takes ten years. He leaves every door open, every light on. Below every moth city in here, Evan. All right, so we got off track. I don't even know what we're talking about. <sighs> Who cares? This is this is going. Die, good. pig! <laughs> That's sick, man. Unbelievable. Uh, Chris, you got uh, any good gross. stories? Come on. Chris was more of a nice guy. He still uh, is a nice guy. Yeah, there was some some funny things. It wasn't I wasn't involved with it, but I remember there's a. My, my buddy and another dude, they got into like, they, you remember those little snaps you'd throw? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my one buddy's sitting there and this other kid, this kid Dave, he's like throwing snaps at my, my, my buddy. He's like, yo, cut it out, man, cut it out. So then they, they, they scuffle back. Well, he goes, okay, you don't want to just keep doing it. So next day. And when you say snaps, those little paper yeah, things. Yeah, bang it's snaps. so annoying. So yeah. the, you know, the teacher's going crazy, throws them. He's going bananas looking around like it's, like it's funny. And he keeps throwing at my buddy. Yeah. All right. Waits a couple of days, and uh, <laughs> he waits a few days for him. So, so everybody kind of forgets. The other dude who was doing it forgets, and he has his. So you have to, everybody comes in, and the dude has his gym bag because he just had gym, whatever seventh period. So his gym bag is open on the floor next to his desk in the science rooms, Earth science, you know. So science rooms are getting a lot of yeah, they get a lot of play. So he's looking at him, and my my, my buddy takes like a pack of firecrackers. Lights it and just throws it in the air, right up in the air. Wow! People like, what the fuck is going on? Like people like look and they don't know what the fuck is happening. And then I and I'm look, I'm sitting next to him. He takes another pack and throws it right in the dude's emptied fucking gym bag. No way! I was like, who the fuck started firecracking? Like he's this dude was gonna have a fucking heart attack, bait and switch. And my friend's like. It, it, it was Dave. Wow. <laughs> he was like, I don't have anything. What are you talking about? That's bullshit. He didn't say bullshit, but he's like, I don't have anything. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He's like, it's in his bag. Wow. What, I'm, and the I dude, love it. And the dude, teacher comes, grabs the, grabs the bag, brings it up to the front, you know, on the, on the teacher's desk and just dumps it out. And there's black cat sure firecrackers. Enough. Oh my God. <laughs> the dude, the old bait he the same switch. kind of thing. Like he sat, like you know, had in school suspension, and then like out of school, like, I don't know how many days, like four days wow. out, of, like a weekend. So the dude that was throwing the no harm snaps at the one guy, yeah, and he was like, "Oh, cut it got out. that guy frustrated enough to say, you, you snapped the wrong brothers." Son. Yeah, he did. Wow, he did. Man, I love it. Yo, this is the middle of the classroom. We were sitting, and he's just like leans back, and what the fuck has he got? And I was like three, you know, on across the aisle. So you watched the whole I thing. I watched it. I looked, oh and then he, he looked up. He looked around. He laughed, and he had him. And he just lit it, and just chucked it up in the air, and it went up. Maybe you know as hard as you could throw a pack of firecrackers before it hit the ceiling, and it exploded right up in the you know. The people were right jumping all over. That's good right? timing too, because what if it came back down? And yeah, landed, on, and landed on the thing. Like he just waited. <laughs> he just like well, he, I just watched him wait it, and people were like. No one was seeing. He was paying attention to the lecture, but the people around him and I, we were just looking, oh, and like a man. big grin, and he just was like, "So you didn't save the dude, though, did you?" No, I didn't. Tell the dude, oh, the kid who did it, he was a douche. Yeah, he was a total douche. The kid who got framed was a douche. Total douchebag. Oh, good for him. Yo, explosives were like so available oh, back then. Yo, when I was a freshman, <laughs> they fucking blew the toilet up with like yeah. three M80s. Yeah, like and and you know what'd you get? Get two days in school suspension or something like. Yeah, this dude did that crazy. in my school too. This like crazy drug dude. Yo, I up a toilet. yeah, I had my my next door neighbor. Um, at, growing up, he um he was really good at making pipe bombs, and we used to make them. His dad had like black powder guns. Yep. So he always had just these big cases of gunpowder everywhere. Not everywhere, but yep. you know, yeah, gunpowder yeah, in his son. house. 
So we would take a case of gunpowder. This is a, the size of like maybe like a shoebox, like filled wow. with gunpowder. That's dangerous. And go out in the woods with the thing and pipes and epoxy and fuses and whatever, like uh, aspirin bottles. We used to make them out of aspirin bottles or little PVC pipes, whatever. Just like all different. Do you ever do with a cigar case, like the cigar, remember the tubes for the cigar? No, I never did with that. Not that I can remember. But I, I, I really like making it with an aspirin bottle because you can make the fuse. You drill a hole right in the plastic top yeah, right. and then put it in and glue it in place and whatever. So we, used to, we would try to blow up rocks, uh, dead trees, ice on the frozen lake. We yeah. would try to blow holes in the ice. Oh, yeah, we do, Stuff we like that. do the same thing. This dude took it to the next level and started blowing up toilets and stuff like that at school wow. <laughs> right and he would do it with a cigarette he would so put he could bounce so he could leave yeah. and then so he blew up a toilet twice yo that boy is always sitting on that motherfucker i know it's insane yeah, no one's thinking about it's that fucking show. crazy because you're not thinking of that but yeah you could kill somebody yo, if a kid does that now he'll be labeled a terrorist well that's oh, what yeah, happened with jail this man. dude got arrested oh did he yeah oh all right so he he blew he blew up toilets and then he got caught Setting it up with the cigarette. And oh, like Jesus somebody, a teacher smelled cigarettes. The cigarette, yeah, in. it's like the smoke. Like, hey, who's smoking in there? Kick open the door, and he's in it yeah. with a bomb and a fucking cigarette. Wow. And um, oh Jesus. So yeah, he got caught. He got big trouble. Crazy fines. Had to do community service. He had to paint the the school over the summer. He had to paint every really? day. He had to work at the school every day. I like that kind of punishment. Yeah, it was a good punishment. It's like but, a bit better than a waste. You know, he's just going to waste. Put him to work. But there was another there was another student in our school that got arrested for terroristic threats or something like that. He 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 handcuffed. He chain locked the door of the lunchroom shut, so really? everybody was stuck in the lunchroom. <laughs> wow, no and shit. Then, yeah, and then he handcuffed himself to the door. It was like a protest. What was yeah, it? Yeah, it was some sort of protest. Um. But he got in, he got in more trouble with uh, like legally than the dude who blew up the toilet. That was like a few years earlier. What was he protest? You don't know. I can't even remember. But he had a I don't know. He had like a book in his bag of like anarchist cookbook, like one of those. Oh, type oh, of oh, one of those kind of dudes. Oh, boy. So Dangerous. I mean, we I think you guys both and me probably were you know inches away at all times from having a Columbine type of an incident and we didn't even think of it as a big deal no one thought but of in hindsight holy shit like yeah. we really dodged a lot you of you know what man like when I grew up in rural ass Pennsylvania so people would you went to the high school parking lot and you looked at people's trucks they had gun racks in them yep and it wasn't uncommon for people yeah. to be like you know when I'm I first moved up here I noticed that too I was like wow you got a gun in the parking lot of the high school yeah, yeah. Yeah, gun right. You would just bring your rifles on, and some people go. You know, what are you doing after school today? Oh, I'm gonna go down to the range and shoot. I'm gonna shoot skeet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hunting. I'm gonna go, you know, go target shooting. Like it wasn't uncommon. And you moved from Brooklyn. I came from Brooklyn, so and you, you know, never saw nothing like that. I had never seen anything like that. And I had friends, so you know, whose fathers were like really into hunting, and they had like redo their own ammunition, they reload, and that's how you know we did the same kind of thing. You get the black powder, and uh, I picture you like Kevin Bacon and Footloose. He moved there from Chicago <laughs> to the country. Yeah, my my you Guido, were really Guido good. Retired. You were a really good dancer. Chris had a straight up. I had afro, to show all the yeah. country yeah, girls how to dance. Straight afro, and uh, yeah, but it was a yeah, but that was what it was up there, man. Like you know, people did wacky shit, 
And it wasn't as, uh, like, now yeah, you'd be arrested and sent to jail for that, man. Yeah. It's like bullshit at all, you know? And like you said, how close are you? If somebody snapped, they just, all they had to do was literally walk out of the front door of the school to their their car, their truck, pull off the 12 games. In high school, at the high school stage, yeah. yeah. It's r- ridiculous, you know? I told you the story about the kid who brought the, the gun. That was yeah. s- eighth grade, maybe? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Eighth grade, I want to, uh, probably eighth, seventh or eighth. And he came there with the intention of shooting somebody. And that's insane, man. Left without shooting somebody. But he brought it there to do that specifically. When I look back at like Fucking high crazy. school, like a lot of those dudes are locked up for murder. A lot of them dudes. They were just crazy. crazy people. Yeah. And some that I never would have thought. And some that I would think, but some that I never would have thought. There was this dude, Ron Daigle. And, uh,. He was like a skater dude, like a pretty boy. And he came around, and he was, I don't know where he was from, but he tried to get fresh when he first came around. He's running with this crew, this crew of like skaters and punk rock dudes. And he said something to me once. And I, he, he was at lunch. I was like, who the fuck is that? Is that dude talking to me? And then he sat down, and I went to his table. He was eating pizza, and I smashed the pizza in his face. Wow. And then... <laughs> The lunch lady wouldn't let him clean it because she wanted to show the principal what I did. So he oh had this dried pizza in his face, and we're both sitting in the principal's office. And I'm <laughs> laughing at him, this and that, so hard. And then, of course, I got in a lot of trouble. Years later, when I went to community college and I lived in Bethlehem, this dude was a roommate of mine. So you might have met him, Ron Daigle. He was always like a dick, I thought. Like, you know, like dick to his girlfriend, you know. But I knew him from high school, and he needed a place to stay in the same place I was at. And about a year later, he killed his girlfriend. Oh, shit. Murdered his girlfriend, then went into the closet and tried to kill himself. And then he, Damn, man. I guess, I don't know how he tried to kill himself, but he passed out, maybe bled, and the cops found him, and he saved him, and he's still alive. He's in jail for life. Fuck, man. Damn. I never thought he would do that. I never liked him. But I never thought he'd be, because he was like yeah. a pretty boy from a family that had some money. You know what I mean? The other dudes that went to jail, you know, it makes sense that killed people. You know what I mean? They were just those types of dudes. But for a little a country school, even though there's, that was a big ass school, the school I went to. I mean, in the city, you go to school, you go to, and you have a class with like 20 people. You know what I mean? And, and those like more urban. And when you come out here, you go to schools and you have classes with hundreds of people. Yeah. And my school was huge. You know what I mean? It was a whole different vibe. Some real nutcases in the mix. Your school was probably the biggest in the area. Yeah. And sick maniacs left and right in that school. Yeah. It's like just all about hurting people, hurting each other. That's all, you know, that's all they wanted to do. Killers, baby. Yo, what do you think about that? Saving somebody's life just to put them in jail for life. You know what? Maybe in the cop's defense, they don't know what happened. Yeah. Maybe an intruder could have came, killed abroad. Tried to kill him, stuffed him. But in, the in hindsight, though, I'm saying, oh, isn't yeah. that kind of it's kind of weird? Yeah, it is a weird thing. Counterintuitive. If, if you are a cop, you, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're not supposed to be judge and jury. Say, yeah, let him die. He tried to kill his girl, maybe. Right. But uh, yeah, he killed the girl. I, his sister is still friends with me on Facebook. Yeah, I you know I see her posted. She was always cool. But yeah, he. I can't believe he did that, man. That's insane. Rat bastard crazy people in our school yeah, out of jealousy out of being like jealous i heard i like when you see people from school that were crazy but then they're like they're grown into like sensible adults you know yeah 
I know, I'm friends with a few of those. Shout out to Rocky Sales. Yeah. Because he was an animal. Is he coming out next weekend? We got tsunamis. Is he coming? I hope so. I hope so. Um, I love seeing Rocky now. He was, well, Rocky, I mean, he had, to, he had to tone it down in his situation. He was living wild, man. For those that don't know, our poor friend Rocky's stuck in a wheelchair. Yeah, but he, yo, he's trying to work his way totally. out, man. I he's, can't believe his, his attitude. Yeah. So positive. Really uh, admirable because I don't know if I'd be like that. No. He was diagnosed with a, uh, a rare form of cancer. It's, it's basically like spinal cancer. Jeez. So he has tumors up and down his spine, and he lost the, the use of his legs. And if, um, if I was in a wheelchair, I'd be yelling at everybody, make Anthony clean my diapers. Like, <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> Shut up. Give me a drink. No, he's cool, man. Right. He was always a cool dude, but attitude-wise, I wouldn't. Like you said, he was a crazy guy. He had a crazy rep. Even before I knew him personally, I knew his name. He had a rep, man. He had a I, serious I one rep. Of his brothers back in the day, I think. Yeah, he, they did too. Yeah, they all had a rep. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's your what's your shorter, stocky brother? That's uh, Ural. Yeah, I had beef with that dude Ural. There's a real famous picture in the Pocono Record. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky's family is very athletic. And he was he he could have played any sport he wanted and done very well. Uh, his brother Rashad was a track star. I remember that dude. And there's a famous picture, famous in folklore at least in the in the Stroudsburg area, of um, his brother running track doing hurdles, and his dick is hanging out of his no shorts. Way. No yeah. way! No <laughs> way! And it went into Pocono Record. They didn't see that. No. But if you know, eventually everybody found out, and it was good. everybody had like a clip of it. I saw a photocopy of his it. Brother hung or what? Yeah, it was huge. Rocky My was man. too. Yo, you know what Rocky used to do? <laughs> he used to do in during in lunch class. He or lunch class, whatever. During lunch, he would always pull his dick out for some reason. It what was like a, his thing. The range. That's especially. And that's another thing that a range. Yo, he would put it on in a hot dog bun. Oh my. <laughs> God. Oh my Jesus. So he would have it. It's in a hot dog bun. And I swear to God, it was hanging out the other end of a wow. hot dog bun. It was wow. it was so big. It was like hanging off the end of a hot dog Damn, bun. Damn, Rocky. And there was this one time he did it. And uh he there was this girl. <laughs> oh my god. What a, this girl Missy. Bananas, man. There was this girl Missy in our class who was very skinny, probably anorexic like she probably had some sort of eating disorder like yeah. unnaturally skinny yeah. and so she was constantly fainting oh, oh she was geez. fainting all the time poor bro and rocky was standing with his back to her one time and kind of obnoxiously like bumping into her so she she was, she would say like what are you doing yeah. you know yeah and she said it. She's like, what are you doing? Stop it. And he turned around and had his dick in a hot dog bun. Oh. And she fainted right on oh the spot. Oh, my God. She was fainted. Oh, dead geez, to the world. man. <laughs> what the hell is going on? He didn't mean that to happen, right? No, he didn't. But, you know, that's like a bonus. Wow. A boner. Boneris. <laughs> yeah, he was dude. a funny dude. But Rocky was just like, for most of his life, was the he, he did not follow any rules. He's a rebel. He did not give a shit about what the rule was or the right thing to do. He was just going to do the thing he wanted to do. And he eventually got really heavy into drug using drugs, uh, selling them also. But then he kind of got off the rails with using them. And he, I remember seeing him one time 
and it was the most perfect Rocky sales moment I ever saw. It was just that I, I was at um, it was actually at Walmart. Okay, so I was going into Walmart after work, and a car just like zoomed in front of me and parked in a handicap spot, crooked. It was taking up two handicap spots. Okay, <laughs> the car had no license plate on it. Oh my god! Rocky sales gets out of the car. Yeah. And he's like, yo, what's up, Jotham? Oh, it comes shake my hand. And I was like, ah, you know, nothing, man. I'm just, you know, picking up something, whatever. He walks right through the parking lot. Cars were just coming to a screeching halt because he walked right in front of them, not looking left or right or anything, wow. just walking right across the road. And cars like, Err. he walks through the exit door of, of the Walmart. <laughs> and I was like, that's perfect rocky yeah. sales like everything that just happened was perfectly rocky sales wow that's incredible man every detail of that i Chris, swear it is true year? and it's absolutely I did. I did. that is in a nutshell rocky sales like he does not yeah. care about the rules he just does his own thing yeah yo anybody listening look him up on facebook yo rocky sales is the man on facebook sales is s-a-y-l-e-s s S-A-Y-L-E-S. Yo, he wanted, uh, I was supposed to get up with him to go to those those local boxing matches, but they were both on Fridays. I got home too late. But Rocky came out to see us at Tsunami last year. Was was it Tsunami? Yeah. And uh, he had a great fucking time, great time, and it's cool to reconnect with an old friend, and now he's... He's more sane than I've ever known him to be, and he's a lot of fun, and he's really smart, and he has yeah. a insane life experience, insane stories to tell. And I see him talking to the people that he met at Tsunami on Facebook. And yeah, stuff. he and made he, he made good and friends. Now he's talking to people in England that I know he never met, but he made you yeah. know, and he communicates, and he, you know, he's a he's a fun loving guy. You know, we should definitely we should try to get him on here. I think he he'd be a fun guest. Oh, and he's got a ton dude, of crazy got stories, stories to tell. That dude. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance, look him up. Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y, S-A-Y-L-E-S. Rocky That's Sales. my old friend from high school. Legendary and, uh, cat. He's a good dude. You'll, you'll enjoy him. Yorolo, what was up with him? He's kind of like a dick, right? He's... I don't really know him well. Honestly, he's I don't know him at all. stuff to so. say one night. You think I forgot? He's like an older <laughs> brother. Yeah, he was a tough dude, though. All of them were down to throw down. Yeah. Was he part of that local, that lynch mob, they call him? The lynch mob? <laughs> Rocky? No, Yoro. Yoro? I don't know, man. I really don't know much Back about Back in the day, Euro. there was a, a, a crew running around here called the Lynch Mob. L-E-N-C-H. And they were, they had it in for me for a little while, but I was fast, bro. <laughs> I was, <laughs> that was that's the, when I, that's when the football the days. social circumstances overacted, and I started meeting people that Chris knew because the Guidos yeah. that were chilling with the Lynch Mob had it in for Chris. Really? What'd yeah, you do, Chris? Whose old, who's old lady you shack up with? So oh, no. before I knew Chris, I knew some of these dudes that I was beefing with that he had beef with. They were out to get him. What did you do? Oh, it was a girl I was engaged to, right, when I was away. Started fooling around with one of those dudes. Oh. And then for some reason, like, he had a, he had a guy's beef. guy's name was Nino. Do you remember Weird that guy. Nino? Yeah, I remember stories about Nino. Hang yeah, out yeah. with the Palumbo brothers, the yeah, twins. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So we were sitting there. I'm like, oh, I, I just brought it up. I'm like, that's fucking guy, you know. For some reason, like he has some some kind of problem with me. And this was like months after I was, you know, two three months after we had split. You know, she was you probably gassing him up, gassing saying bad up, things. You know Chris used to hit me. Ridiculous. <laughs> thing. And you don't care. <laughs> I do care, baby. You're not, not even a man. Son. You're not even a man, Nino. 
Yeah. You're not even a man. So it was. Uh, it was. Just, Shoot, my my what version a wacky of her from Boston. What a wacky fucking thing. You're barely a man, Nino. Yo, the Palumbo dudes. Remember them? No, they were bad dudes. They were giants. There were two Guido twins named the Palumbo brothers. And how tall were they? Six six a piece? Six yeah, seven? Yeah, it had to be. Animals. Everything looked a little bit taller, I think, back then. I think they were that big. Because I see people now. I remember the first day walking into East Stroudsburg High School. It was like a, we, I, was in, I wasn't in the high school yet. And we went there to go use the swimming pool. And I remember a dude named Wes English. Oh, I remember that dude played, played football. Played football. Yeah. And he, to me, he was the biggest person I had ever seen. Yeah. But I see him now that and he doesn't look big, that. like juice head dudes. Yeah. School. But he doesn't look that big to me now. Yeah. He's still like a big dude, but yeah. not, you know what I mean? I think I maybe I was just. That was uh, the first day you walked in. The, the that was school? the. He was one of the first people I saw. And then there was mm-hmm. another dude, a big metalhead dude named Ogre. Oh, I don't know that dude. That's the dude from Revenge of the Nerds, too. <laughs> well, this dude looked like him. Like a big metalhead looking dude. They called him Ogre. And he was with this other dude who, it was a big black dude who was also a metalhead. And they were called, they called him like BBG or something. It was like big black guy or GBG, gigantic black guy. What a horrible name for a poor guy. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, that was like his nickname in school. It was like gigantic black guy. That's like an American Indian name. Big black baby's born. (laughs) They call him big black baby. Yo, who... Your school had one of these. My school had one of these, I think. A neo-Nazi black guy, skinhead. No, mine didn't, but I know. I thought you had the trench coat dude who was. Uh, I think he was Stroudsburg, wasn't he? Oh, he wasn't. Okay. All right. I think it was a different high school. In yeah. this area, there was, there was two neo-Nazi skinhead black dudes. And to the point where they had Nazi tattoos, Nazi shirts, the boots, the brace, everything. They were the one you're talking That's about, insane. yeah. yeah the, the one you're talking about from that you thought went to my school. Yeah. About five years after that phase, he was all like Wu Tang, Wu wear oh, everything, yeah? head to toe Wu wear. Yeah. Do rags, big gold chain with a giant eagle on it, like a ghost face nice. chain. Yeah. <laughs> he had like. Uh, boots. I remember seeing him around when he used to wear the trench coat and it was like a skinhead with a trench coat. Yeah, with like black hanging out with the Nazis because there was regular non-racist skinheads too around, but. These guys weren't in the mix with them. They were in the mix, mix with the Nazis. It's fucking weird, That's man. bananas. What Weirdos. a fucking weird place. And the dude by me was a, an animal, and he was a neo-Nazi. <laughs> Crazy. Yo, totally off topic, but I want to say happy birthday to Kira. Kira, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kira. Is Today is her birthday. She's 21 years old. Wow. 21. Holy mackerel. Don't let her go out. Jeez, man. She drink? She's out drinking right now. Time is flying. As we speak. (laughs) You tell her, listen, if you're going to live here, you don't drink. That's it. I lock the door if you drink. I lock you in your room like Rapunzel. You know, I got hit when I was a kid for drinking a root beer just because it had the word beer in it. (laughs) Yeah. That's how my family was. Discipline. My, My, uh, yeah, she's 21, man. You believe that? That's crazy. I started I started dating Julie when she was 14 uh 4. She was wow. 4. Wow, man. Yeah. That's the time. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, 17. Wait. 17 years. Holy crap. 17 years, man. So I've lived under a roof with her for probably 16 years. How many times do you have to hit her? Not once. Oh, that's right. You don't hit the Not kids. One I got some uh, people harassing me cuz of my idea that you should hit kids. I don't 
You think, get any feedback on that? Yeah. And I think people are misunderstanding what I'm saying. Were they mad at you or me, the, your feedback? I don't think people were mad at anybody. I, no. I didn't get it like that. They were mad at me. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not, I'm not dissing people who hit their kids. I get it. What I'm saying is I think there, maybe there's another way that you're not thinking of. Yeah, it could be. If you try and exhaust all your sources and you still got to hit your kid, go ahead and hit him. But what I'm saying is yeah. I haven't had to do that. No. Kira's a good girl. Not yet. Anthony's a good kid. But even so good kids far, need a little so smack. Far. Pull his and, hair. Uh, and we do a jujitsu class together. So I still, you know, I choke him every now and then. Nice. And <laughs> give him elbows to the face. I'm Bar- just saying once Bart in Simpson a while <laughs> you run into a kid who no matter what you do, they're a little wild and they only respond to certain things like that. And then everybody's different. You know, everybody's different. You know, some people just think there's a blanket rule. This worked for me, so it'll work for everyone. Right. I don't go for that. And I and I feel that way with people. I who just hit sat their... my kid down and it was cool. Yeah, well, you don't have a crazy kid like this guy. This guy over here has got a crazy kid. But in the same token, there's people who say, I was hit when I was a kid and I turned out fine. Yeah. And maybe... Just because that totally. worked for you, it doesn't necessarily exactly. work for the totally. other kid either. So yeah. I guess it's up to the kid and err on the side of caution. I would be my suggestion. Err like on I don't, the side I don't of caution. I don't want to hit the kid, but sometimes they need a fresh one. So with me and my imaginary kids, I imaginary hit them. Now, how, now think about this. This is funny because I did the same thing before I had a kid. Mm. I said, I am definitely gonna hit my kid if he needs for to. sure i'm gonna if hit my kid need it. so what you're doing is imagining hitting a kid that doesn't even exist yeah you're imagining violence towards a kid that doesn't even exist yet i imagine i'm having this thing one day and i'm definitely going to hit it that's crazy that's insane i, I imagine the possibility of maybe having to do that that's all. so i'm just saying Instead of imagining the possibility of being like, nah, you know what? I think I'm going to be reasonable with this kid, and we're going to talk, and we're going to discuss. Better off. We're going to discuss things, and you know, it's <laughs> it's a weird character flaw that I had. And as soon as I saw this beautiful baby boy, he's a nice guy. What if he turned out to be jerky? Oh man, that would be the worst. Exactly. You go to <laughs> Anthony. You go to school with kids that are jerks, right? Some of them are just jerks. We don't know why, but it's just in their DNA. Luckily, you got a good DNA, uh, whatever you call it, a sample, and you came out nice. Do you think there's kids that should be hit? Yes, Daddy. Oh no, that was me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's your chance to talk to the people. Go right up here, right close. I don't know. Probably not. Well, you're a nice no. guy. No. Never. There no matter is. what they nice do. Guy, who's nice the, guy. Who's the? Uh, are the kids in your school or in your class or your bus or anything that you just don't like? Yes, there's a lot. Mm. Do you think those kids should be hit? Yes. No. Jeez. Wow. I did a great job. You are doing one. a good job, This Joe. one right here is my medal of honor. He is my legacy to the, to you, the what, Anthony, what, what do you nice have guy. against justice? <laughs> sweet, sweet justice. Sweet revenge. All right, we, uh, we didn't plan on telling old high school stories. But we got some out. That was a good Yo, idea. Yo, you want to answer Maybe some Maybe one day we do a quick? whole episode of that. But yeah, you, in the beginning, you said we had some questions. So let's not forget these. I do got some good questions. Begin! So, um, man, I really appreciate everybody hitting me up. Um, don't uh, Keep them coming. Even if we don't get to the 
question or don't get to answer it, keep sending it. If even if you want to send the same question, yeah, more we got sidetracked easy. We're sorry. Um, postamericapodcast at gmail dot com and at postamericapodcast on Instagram. Um, this question here is from Chris Bolt. He says, "Let me see here. I'm gonna trim trim the unnecessary." Chris Bolt sounds like a fake name. Unnecessary jargon. Uh, this is a few a few different parts to this question. It's to my understanding you guys come from the working class background and have families of your own. How do you find the time to balance between those two and touring around the world somewhat frequently? We'll answer that part first. Um, you just got to do it. If you really want to do it, you just got to do it. And you come from a working class family, Joe? I do come from a working class family. My dad, well, my family's been broke most of my life. Um my dad, when I was a kid, had a cleaning business. He bought a van and that. a buffer, a floor buffer, mm-hmm. and some uh, cleaning supplies, and used to just clean, you know, little small businesses. And then he, it actually blew up into like a pretty decent sized business. And he was cleaning a lot of supermarkets and uh, strip malls and stuff back in the '80s. Then uh, he was a truck driver, and then he uh, he worked at the jail as a correction officer, and then he got into doing massage therapy. Yeah, he gave me one. He almost killed me, the guy. He's a powerhouse. Yeah, big, strong dude. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, I come from a working-class family, and I, you know, we, I am a working-class family. Now, you have a family of your own, so this question is more for you. Yeah. It's difficult. You have two <clears throat> children in the house. One is 21, so not quite a child, but if she gets out of hand, she's out. And if she's listening... <laughs> I think she might be out soon anyway. I think she's kind of got her eye on a couple different oh, locations. Oh, Anthony's going to take over that big room, son. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to take over that big room. But uh, so you got two kids in the house. You got a wife. How many dogs you got? Three. Three dogs, a Roxy. homeowner. Yo, Roxy. How, Roxy's 17, right? Or 16? 16 or 17. The little like dachshund? A, that's yeah. a wow, 40 dog years. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So how do you do it, Joe? It's difficult. You got a full-time job. I got a very hard-working family also. So everybody kind of picks up the slack to accommodate what I want to do. And that's the truth. And I really I appreciate them more than they know because I have... Well, I hope they appreciate that. You don't hit them. Because <laughs> you just want... Geez. I have goals i have dreams i have things that i want to do in life and uh they really kind of go out of their way to make it possible for me to to chase these things and i do you know do the same likewise i think they don't have quite as many as me i'm more of a uh you know how i am i get i get something in my head that i want to do and i just go do it and so um if they were as crazy in the head about doing stuff like that as, as I am it would be very difficult nothing would get so done luckily that doesn't happen but um, if there's ever something that Kira wants to do Julie wants to do Anthony wants to do I go the extra mile to make sure it happens because I know they do way more than that for me to go on tour to be able to do this podcast even to do um, band practices like whatever it is you know so yeah I, I don't really have a secret to it it's just Sleep less and do more stuff. That's the key. That's what I tell people. If you want to do stuff, you got to sleep less. Yeah. You can't sleep 
uh, 10 hours, even eight hours is difficult. You know? yeah. Try to cut, trim that down to five or six. And, do and some you have shit. extra time to do some stuff. And uh, as for Chris, Chris, uh, he lives with his girl and his girl's kid. So you yep. got kind of like the same situation. And Chris is a learned man. Chris an archaeologist. He's a doctor of archaeology with a full-time job. Does and the podcast, the band. Writing a Writing book. Writing a book. I'm, I am a he's writing an author my, to a book. That is unauthorized true. I'm a contributing author, not the Chris, author. Chris, oh, Chris, now Chris. But you know, we you're all, writing a book. We're all doing, you know, considering our chapters into it. Without putting people to sleep, what is your book about? <laughs> I was. It's based on the excavations of my friend, who was the director, Danielle Park. She died of cancer. Oh, jeez. Back in the day, so then the uh, Dr. Michael Given from University of Glasgow was the new director, and uh, where we're going to publish the excavations. It's a you know a Hellenistic and Roman cemetery. Are you? Are you? Faking this right now because this sounds like something I would say, but I'd be bullshitting the whole time. No, no, it's, 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 it's legitimate. <laughs> wow, legitimate. I was very impressed. Very I impressed. was there this this summer, and I'm a I'm a contributing author. You know, so you're writing well, a part book. of a team, and this about is based a, on stuff you found. This is based on stuff that I was part of the excavation team. I was one of the supervisors for uh, a couple of years. So it's my friend Danielle who you know, is deceased now. It was her excavation. She was the director, so we were going to publish it under her, and then the yeah, dude Michael. Who's in Glasgow? He was the head topographer, so he took a the What's project. What's a topographer? He he did the uh, map all maker. the mapping. He made all the topographical maps. Shadow mm. made all the plans. So uh, cool. you know, we have an international team and people are contributing. You know, it's it's years after the fact, but we're trying to get the uh, so your doctor done. of archaeology with a full time job in the field of archaeology, where sometimes you have to travel and go abroad. You live with your girlfriend and son, and you play in a band and you do a podcast. And you also bring food with you every Sunday. Well, while we we got it made, baby. It's the same thing. It's we like, got you know, it made, baby. Girl, I said thank God my girl is understanding because sometimes you know, like when I'm working in the states, it's not. Sometimes oh, she it's better be understanding. You know, sometimes I'm 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 gainfully employed. Sometimes you know I'm, I'm out, and she she helps out as much as she can. You know, mm-hmm. and my, my parents as well, man. Like they make things, they make it possible. Like you know, there you go. Beautiful. Cool. Next, so that should answer that question. Uh, I was listening to one of the older episodes from the podcast and heard Richie has some beef with electricians. What's up with that? Oh, <laughs> I wonder what I, I think said. a lot of people. Well, if you're in the construction industry, you probably know this. But if you're not, this might be news to you. But the electricians in the construction industry kind of have a a reputation for being in pussies. the union. Especially in the union. Yeah. But they have a reputation for being like pussies and weak yeah. and like crybabies. Sensitive. Like uh, dust bothers them. Standing on a concrete floor for too long bothers them. You know, they're really good at making themselves comfortable. Yeah. Finding a crate, coating it with uh, styrofoam, a makeshift pillow, pillow and a, a back piece. Something right? to kneel on. Yeah. Like go find they'll, like a They'll spend thing. half of the day to make their surroundings comfortable before they even start working. <laughs> But, of but, course, we know some badass electricians that don't take any shit. But, yeah, it's a running joke in the union that they're kind of like, you know, the crybabies. They'll ba- basically, if you're doing work by an electrician, they'll complain to the guy, say, I can't work here because this guy's working here. You got to shut him down or shut me down or I'm not there. You know, they're like those type of dudes. But what are you going to do? But in fairness to the electricians, man, I'd love, yeah. to be, I'd love to be an electrician. Not me. They could get killed at any time, them dudes. It's a dangerous job. Everybody could, though. Yeah, but you the, could. look at their Everybody stats. Could. Look at the stats of a construction electrician's. Their rate is much higher than ours. Their accidents are deadly. Yeah. Yeah, our accidents. My are. accident is, I, I, you know, I cut my big toe off with a shovel. 
their accident is they fried and they're dead, melted on the ground. And people are slipping and, you know. Did you know that the flesh. word electrocuted is different from the word uh, shocked? The different meanings. Electrocuted is dead. You are dead. Oh, really? Yeah. I definitely misused that thing because I a few times in my life said, oh, damn, I got electrocuted. Yeah. A lot of people do. But yeah. electrocuted means you're dead. And shocked means like, wow, we just saw wisdom and change and they were awesome. I am shocked. <laughs> I didn't think they would be, oh. but man, I was shocked. <laughs> Looking at them, I thought nothing, but uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I was just kidding with the electricians, all right? I got enough people after me. Come on. I'm actually looking for a good electrician, so if there's any out there in the Big po- show. Pocono area, hey, Big Show. He, Our old bass player was he an ain't gonna help me. Nah, he ain't gonna help he's me. He's done. But um, okay, lastly, do you guys have any general tips for new bands? General tips for a new band. Yes. Don't play live until you're ready to play live. That's key. Great tip. Sound good right off the bat. Don't play it. And be honest with yourself and the other dudes. If it sounds like crap, if you don't have the right songs yet, don't even bother. Get the right songs down. Yeah. It's Great de- tip. It's definitely a process. Like you have to go through and you got to find your, your musical voice. You know, stake out your terrain on the sonic landscape. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. You know, I know it's exciting to play. And that's the whole key. You want to get your band together, hurry up. We've got five songs. Ooh, let's play. But you know, if you come out the wrong way, it's hard to recover. Yeah. You come out strong, and you don't know what could happen. You could blow up. You know, you could actually blow up if you come out strong. Come out kind of wacky, a little bit unsure of your sound. You could be setting you know. yourself up for five years of, of recovering, of recovering yeah. from a, a bad demo. It might take two years just to admit that. Yeah, those couple first songs sucked. We got to, you know. Yeah. Oh, now you're saying it. The hardest thing is hearing it, hearing a song for what it is, because it's easy to get emotionally attached to a song immediately. Mm-hmm. I made this thing, so it's awesome. It's easy to have that in your head, and it's it's hard to hear it through honest ears and be like, Ew, "This part is this part yeah. is, this part of the song sucks." I like this part here, but and this sometimes part sucks. it's so heartbreaking when you got to admit that you. Song that you wrote yourself is crappy. <laughs> There's you a went song. through all this trouble. You taught everybody. They put their input. You finally, you beginning. You did the intro. You changed this around. But now you're done. Now you're listening. You're like, oh, it sucks though. It still sucks. Fuck it. I'm still, I'm still trying to convince these guys that there's a song we didn't put on, uh, on the missing links. To me, it's amazing. I love this song. It's incredible. <laughs> But nobody else thinks so. So yeah, guess what? Know. It's not. Yeah. But in when I hear uh, it, I have plenty of songs like that too. When I hear it, I'm like, "Yo, this song is great. Yeah. How could they not hear what I'm hearing?" But for, for, uh, picture your band as an audience. There's an audience of five. The majority of the people, whatever their opinion is, is what an actual audience would think. Think of it like that. So four. Yeah, but they're still biased, though. Yeah, they're you know? biased. But what I'm saying is, in this case, there's a song that one guy loves and four guys don't love. Yeah, you gotta go. So you gotta go with yeah. the you gotta go with the four guys. If we put this song out and just because I love it, the probability is that an audience would it would be the same uh statistical ratio one out of five yeah and that's not most good. people wouldn't like it so i want everybody to like yeah. it you know the way as it's much hard as to I be do. in a band because you know you never know what people like you gotta but you gotta really authentically like your own songs say i think this is ready i'm willing to play this in front of somebody i'm willing to try to record this but if it sounds goofy hold up 
Don't leave the garage until you're ready, son. And if you are ready, just fucking do it. And act like you're ready. Act like you're ready. Own it and go for it 100%. Don't Don't be a timid front man. Take a lesson from, I know I talk about them all the time, but take a lesson from Code Orange because they are playing music that on paper should not work. It should not work. They should not be blowing up on paper. But they are playing with conviction and they are convincing people show by show by show that they belong where they are and they're playing it with feeling and passion and they are yeah. convincing the world that we are the shit. Yeah. And it, that's another it's thing. You gotta awesome. you gotta look like you belong there. Yeah. Even if you sound dope, you got dope songs, but you're acting all timid and like, uh, I, I, I hope they, they like us this next No. Guess what? People are going to smell that. Mm-hmm. They smell if, fear. There's all sharks out there. There's sharks. These people diving off the stage and singing along. Look closely. They got fins and gulls or whatever they have. Gills. They, they, <laughs> sharks. Gulls. That's gulls. awesome. No, it's true, man. It's true. And you know what? If you look like when you're a shark scared, smells blood they don't in the water, when a shark smells blood in the water, they start biting everything in yeah. sight. They start biting other sharks. They yeah. start biting everything. So that's the truth, man. The audience can turn. Your totally. People who you think are your fans, just because they're diving off the stage, and it doesn't even, mean they, they love you. It's just a crappy band that acts like they're the shit. Yo, they trick a lot of the sharks. Yeah. The sharks eat it right up. <laughs> that's true. I've seen it. So you got to own it, man. You got to believe in yourself and just go for it. And uh, yeah, and playing ESP with a fifty-one fifty. Ernie Ball strings. Ernie Ball strings. That's the key. Try to get a record put out by Fast Break Records. Yeah, but don't beg, yo. Don't beg. <laughs> Speaking of that, next week the seven inches out. Yo, I can't believe it. That's awesome. So, it seems like it- we're having a lot of issues with people that don't understand what they did when they ordered a pre-order. Even though it says clearly the shipment won't start going out until September 23rd, they think, I ordered this three weeks ago. Where's my stuff? Right. Read the whole fucking webpage, you maniac. It's not even, when you ordered it, it didn't even exist yet. Pre-order means, okay, 300 people bought this shirt. Now we're going to print 300 of those shirts to the sizes you ordered and then ship them out. You know, it, they don't exist when you first order them. And they're not. There's not extras afterwards. Yeah. This is printed exactly the amount of that were bought is yes. what's going to get printed. So, and it's not going to be for sale after. And it's exactly. not going to be online. And there's not going to be any. You know, so clear, please have patience, items. please people, please. Um, enough's enough. I want to read this one real quick. Who? Um, two from the UK that I want to read. Okay. Lads, you talk about knuckle dust on this show. I What's did. the views of UKHC, United Kingdom Hardcore, in America? Could UK bands tour on par with US bands coming over here? Um, that was Arlo Tone. Arlo Tone. Arlo Tone. Arlo Tone, yeah. Uh, That's my answer. I think that UK has Isn't it? incredible bands yeah. and... If it weren't for the expense, I think they would be touring over here more often. There's a band touring right now on the Life and Death Tour called, uh, hold on one second, it's going to come to me. They're a band that we played with in uh, Belgium at Brackfest, mm. and they blew it up. Really good band. English? Uh, yeah. They're, I believe they're from 
Manchester, but don't quote me. Well, we love, uh, we love Knuckle Give me one second. People I'm going to look that. it up. Real good band. UK Hardcore in general. We've been going there even in our former bands forever. We, we love that scene. Could those bands come here and tour? I'm just being honest, not likely. Not without a headline. Most bands here can't tour America. Like you just, it's, it's a big desolate place. It's like you could land somewhere. You could land in California and do three or four good shows and go home. You could land in the Northeast and do Philadelphia, New York, and Boston and go home and have good shows. But to actually tour, ah, it's rough for everybody, man. Higher Power is oh, okay. the name of the band. Really cool. Higher Power, yeah. Sort of melodic vocals in the vein of Life of Agony. Could you describe how Higher Power using the accent and voice of one of our favorite Englishmen, M.O.? There's a band, Higher Power. I believe they're from Manchester. I could be wrong. Uh, melodic vocals in the style <laughs> of Life of Agony. Uh, not quite as baritone as uh, oh my Keith God. Caputo. Oh, Mina Caputo. Uh, she's uh, now known, <laughs> formerly known as Keith Caputo. Yo. Um, but uh, yes, I, I highly recommend them. And if you get a chance, uh, check them out on the Life and Death Tour. Ammo deep, baby. Wow. Ammo deep. Sit who? What a guy. Yo, you got that, that down. I hope yeah, he hears that and punches you in the face when he sees you. <laughs> Yo, Ammo can kick over He'll kick my head. Right over your, kick an apple right off your head. I would never fight Ammo. I would the run, thing, if, if I, I fight run, Ammo and he throws fast. that kick, what I'm going to do is I'm going to catch his foot, bite his ankle, and then punch him in the face. Oh, that kicking okay. crap don't work on me. All right. Okay. Oh. But I love London. What a great, what a great place. Very weird-looking people throughout England. I mean, we can't dispute that, but good-natured people. But think of it like this. <laughs> oh my God. Think of it like this. In the, in the rock and roll world. Oh, incredible. With London bands. Band, British bands, yes. UK bands have destroyed America. They killed. They changed, for the they size changed of the, life in America. For the size of England, the bands that they put out, definitely. So oh, I do man. believe, I, yeah. and in metal music too. Oh, yeah, man. So I do believe that a hardcore band could tour in the U- U.S., on par with the way U.S. bands do in in Amer- in uh, UK, because I don't really think many U.S. bands are really killing it in the U.K. They tour there, but they're not killing it. There's a few, but I don't think many hardcore bands no. are killing it kill in the U.K. No, kill I think though, I think geography though, anybody coming to the states works against you. Yeah, it's just hard, the way the man. states are laid out. Like you, you could do good in the Northeast. You could do regions. You got you regionally. The, the whole you know? East Coast, you you got spots. You got. I ninety five goes from top to bottom. You could you could tour the East Coast easily. You could yeah. tour the West Coast pretty easily up to the top of California. You know, you could do a couple key shows in Texas. Ohio. A couple key it shows. It becomes in Texas. hard though as you go it into is, the well. interior of the country. It's just it's no it doesn't work for I mean, you. I love man. those bands, but for, even like you like like Richie said though, even for you know American bands, it's it's hard, man. The middle of the country it's hard. Yeah. Well, it's American bands don't really America rough. tour. Yeah, but check it out. When I was young, before I went to England, I used to see all these English uh, movies, English actors, these uh, Harry Potter type of movies, or like The Hobbit, you know, with like English, a lot of English actors. And I always said, why do they always find the weirdest, funniest looking people to do the English parts? And then I went to England, and I realized that's all they really have to offer. It is these weird, really weird, funny looking people. Oh, you know Jesus. I mean? Come on, man. Nah, oh, I, I love the English. I love this, especially some of them English broads. Ooh, I don't. <laughs> I love those English broads. All right, one more question from uh, from the UK. Go! From one of our favorite UK lads. Who? 
Wima from Knuckle Dust. Oh. So how cool go. is it that Wima's what a, listening? And what a great penist. He's a great penist. A <laughs> um, couple of on? questions for Before the show. Before you get the question, can I tell people that for our new album, we're collaborating with Wima on one, one of the tracks. That's okay, right. Begin. No further details available on that, but yes, we are. What's the worst thing about hardcore, and if you could change it, would you? The worst this thing? This is a two-parter, yeah. The worst thing about hardcore, and if you could change it, would you? Um, hmm, the worst thing about hardcore... I'm not really, nothing's really coming to mind. There's things that like annoy from time to time, but. The worst thing to me about hardcore is the lack of respect it gets from all the other realms of music. From mainstream music to everything. It's never recognized for a legitimate genre of music by so many other genres. Even, Even on a festival with totally, those other genres totally. where you're in a respected time slot and everything. And the funny thing is almost everybody that is into hardcore, they came from those other genres first and then felt something special and different in this. They used to go to punk shows. Then they went to hardcore shows like, whoa, I'm staying here. They used to go to metal shows. Then they came to a hardcore show by chance with their you know older brothers, co-workers, roommate, son. And we're like, wow, I'm staying here. But if... Because of the record labels, because of the lack of business interest and business sense that the hardcore scene has, a lot of bands, you know, it's a D, really a DIY thing, right? Is that how you say it? Do it yourself. DIY. What bothers me is it doesn't get recognized for a legitimate genre of music, and it should be. Even in the sense like some people will say something like, Oh, they're still playing hardcore? Them dudes are older. Like, would you say that about another band? Did they say that about Black Sabbath playing 40 years? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, why would say you say it about the Rolling Stones? Why would you say that about any music in general? But why Why does that allow to be said about hardcore? What is, yeah. the, what is the difference there? Is there some kind of rule that said this is only allowed to be, you're only allowed to be interested in hardcore from this to this, and then you have to look for the next thing or you know start golfing you know like it's that's that's my problem with start golfing yeah it's that's my problem it's not a problem that hardcore has but it's a problem that a, a perception that people view hardcore as yeah and if i could change that yeah damn right i would yeah. i don't know if that's what he was getting at with his thing but this leads into the second part of his question i'm not sure either but that's i can't really think of anything that i the worst thing about hardcore i can't really think of what the worst thing is there's things that annoy me but there's nothing that i hate so much that i would say it's the worst so i don't know but the second part of Weema's question if wick wisdom and chains got offered a two million dollar record deal by warner music no but you had to change your sound slightly would you do it or oh hold on a second this is cut off Hold on one. We were so damn Whoa. tall. Even his text messages. Go even on. his text messages. I had to read it in another screen. What a cool dude, man! That fucking Weeman's a cool dude, bro. He is, man. This guy's great. That's one smooth brother. Who's cooler though, him or Pierre? Though, come on. It's a tie. Pierre's I'll probably cooler. Pierre's cooler because he's real tiny and he still gets off cool. Like when you're real short like that, it's hard to be like the coolest dude in the room. <laughs> like Weeman, he comes in and be like, "Oh, damn." 
that brother's cool. He's six foot nine. We, you know, Pierre comes in, he's 5'3", and he's still running shit. Got to give props to, to Pelbu, baby. Okay, so here's the full question. If Wisdom and Chains got offered a $2 million record deal by Warner Music, but you had to change your sound slightly, would you consider it? So, <sighs> listen. Slightly? What the hell does that mean? I don't know. But slightly? <laughs> listen, how could I look my son in the face and say, I turned down $2 million because I didn't want to change my sound slightly? Listen. I would give you guys my blessing, but I don't know what they mean by slightly, and I can't be on board, but I would not expect anyone else not to do it. Maybe you guys could throw me a couple beans, because, you know, I was in the band for a while. If not, no big deal. We'll save your spot for you. Nah, we'll I ain't coming back. Save your spot for the... For the uh... I would expect, <laughs> and I would want you guys to do it, but I, I couldn't go along with it. Yeah, okay. I guess it depends on what slightly means. You know what I mean? Like, like if I had to wear a cowboy hat... <laughs> Warner Music was like, listen, you got to wear a cowboy hat. We'll give you this money, but we're really trying to. We just bought stock in Stetson, and uh, we're really trying to push yeah, these. $2 million. $2 million. Change the sound slightly, but no details. So that means you got to run everything you do by someone else that has nothing to do with anything that we created just some and we have to get their nod some kind of a producer and they have to come back and say you know this part you have to change it to this part change it slightly and it's a slight difference I bet if I didn't care some stuff I would be fine with because you know I'll change stuff around other people's opinions but I don't know for sure so off the bat I can't agree to it because I don't know what's going to come up some stuff would be like yo that's actually a good idea I would change that but then if it's something else, I'll be like, Yo, who, do, who do you think you are, man? This is our shit. It would be uh, a hard pill to swallow. I will say that. But I would expect you guys to do it. But an, a G but like damn, me. Damn, I would feel very, I would feel very bad if I didn't. Yeah, you have to do it. Take bro. money. I got a family you and Chris to do provide it. for, you know what I mean? Evan so, will do it because he'll sell sorry. his soul. Luke will do it because <laughs> he'll sell his soul for a bowl of beans. But Richie's son, guess what? Put my gloves on. Richie don't like beans. I'm going back to shoveling concrete. That's all good, baby. You know, if you guys want to look out once in a while, invite me over for dinner, maybe I'll come around. I wonder if Knuckle Dust would do that. Mm. Now, Wima, you want to put us on the spot? What about you? Is this a... Yeah, maybe Knuckle Dust got offered $2 million. I would never... Like, yo, I would never condemn Maybe he's anyone. trying to work it out. He's trying to figure out if it's a good idea. I'd rather join a band I wasn't in and get that deal... And have it like a brand new band that I, you know, I'm not really part of, but I'm I'm a guy in it now. That would be better. Yeah. Then it's got to run through and you don't some have record to call label. It wisdom and change. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, whatever you guys else. think. You know, I'm just getting paid, and you know, call it change because I'm a cool guitar player. <laughs> Chains of wisdom. That would be better because I mean, he, yo, that's I like the way because you know I like putting people in unwinnable situations. That is an unwinnable situation. So I like what Weema did there by saying good. slightly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good. Throws slightly. the whole thing off. You Just bastard. Good question. Bastard. Good Just question. Um, yo, I want to shout out uh, till the end underscore till the end underscore on Instagram. He put put up the coolest thing of me. It's a picture of Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince, a picture of me, and a picture of Alan Branch from uh, the, I believe the New England Patriots. Um, dude. Wow. Incredible likeness between the three of us. Totally. 
Ming. And Masawi should be in there, too. Incredible likeness between the three of us. What? Hold on. Say it in the microphone. <laughs> what are you at? My son's trying to give me some. What do you want to say? They should put, like, Bruce in it from Jiu-Jitsu. They should put. Oh, yeah. They don't know Bruce. What's up, Bruce from Jiu-Jitsu? <laughs> Bruce Freeman. Yo, shout out to my uh, Jiu-Jitsu uh, friends from Terry Brothers Jiu-Jitsu. A lot of them started listening to the podcast since the Jared Weiner episode. Good. So it's cool. We got some new listeners that. So we got some black belts listening? Aren't involved in hardcore. Um, one, two, three. Not um, from my school. All right. Well, when not you guys. I know it from my school, but Bruce is, will be a black belt soon. All right. Well, when he is, He's then you look the me up, Bruce, and I'll see what you got. All right, boy? Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. What do you mean, yeah? <laughs> when you got your black belt, then you look me up. Otherwise, you don't mention my name. Richie, you're welcome at Terry Brothers Jiu-Jitsu. No, no, anytime. I go to Mancuso Brothers. To, uh, well, we'll come to Mancuso Brothers. Mancuso Brothers Jiu-Jitsu. Anytime that you uh, invite AJJ, us. AJJ, American Jiu-Jitsu, we'll Mancuso Brothers. Mancuso Brothers Jiu-Jitsu, anytime you'd like us to be. Richie, got, watch out. You're getting crazy. You might have a flashback. No, no, no. No flashbacks. Come on. You're going to edit me. Yo, listen. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I actually have to bounce. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm calling this All time, right. Chris, before you get a chance to say uh, Chris, it. Chris I'm calling mad. it. Yo, Chris is kind of mad that <laughs> he like, didn't get shit. to call it. So <laughs> I got to go pick up Kira from the airport. Tell Kira, we said happy birthday. Yo, All happy right. birthday, dog. So everybody, thank you for listening. Next week oh. we got some special, 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 special yeah, episodes. This will be up before the weekend, but this weekend we're gonna have definitely an interview with Roger. Well, unless something weird happens. Roger from Agnostic Front, John Joseph from the Cro-Max. Hopefully, we'll pull some other dudes in there because we'll be set up live at Tsunami. Maybe we'll pull some regular cats off the crowd. Come and chill with us. Yeah, and, why not? You know, give us drugs and stuff. Listen, if you're going to be Don't at, do that. If you're going to be at Tsunami Fest this weekend and you would like to be on the podcast, why don't you send me a little message with a story that you got to tell? Or and a good I will, question. I will choose a, uh, a choose of maybe one or two or a few people to uh or if you're gonna be at, ju- at, uh, with us. at tsunami and you're a person in jujitsu and you think you're tough mad joe will go against you right come at me motherfucker you thought i was gonna say me but i said i pissed at mad joe will do it all right listen uh we appreciate the support we out of here America Podcast. The Post-America Podcast.